Hey guys, welcome back to Handling It. I'm your host, Catherine, and as you know, I thought I had my life all figured out, and then I realized I actually didn't, but I'm handling it. And one of the best ways I've learned how to do that is to talk with others about how they're handling their own lives. Well, everybody, I can't believe we're already in August. The summer is absolutely flying by at this point, but the good news is that we have two new episodes this week, and in both, we're focusing on the ways in which the COVID-19 pandemic has impacted the film and television industry. Today, we're going to be joined by the wonderful Molly McCook. Molly is an actress based in LA who has starred on shows like Last Man Standing, Good Trouble, The Ranch, and more. She's never been a stranger to the ins and outs of the entertainment industry, though, as she grew up with parents who worked in acting as well. Today, we'll be chatting about Molly's upbringing and how that played a part in her journey to become an actor. And we'll also dive into the lessons and hardships she's experienced in the process. She'll also be weighing in on what it was like working on the Fox sitcom, Last Man Standing, where she played the role of Mandy Baxter. Molly will be sharing her experience taking over the role of Mandy in the show's seventh season, and how she learned to handle the pressure of social media during her time on the show. You're just going to love hearing from Molly, so you know what to do. Turn up the volume, get comfortable, and I hope you enjoy. All right. Well, Molly McCook, thanks so much for coming on. I mean, you're known for playing characters like Mandy Baxter on Fox's Last Man Standing and Rebecca on Freeform's Good Trouble. Um, I'm really excited to start chatting about acting and your career. So thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. And I guess like it I love like seeing people now, like everybody's mood just seems to be lifted now that it's summer. (laughs) Um, How are you with like summer? I mean, do you have any like summer plans? Uh, It's getting exciting that like everything's opening up again. Uh, Gosh, I mean, summer plans so far, my husband and I are planning to drive cross country. He's going to finish up his time on Broadway in a show and called Town, And so we're going to drive our car so that our dog can be with us. So that's going to be a big adventure. We'll see how it goes. I know I'm, I was living in New York, you know, up until like the middle of the pandemic and I'm just, I'm super into Broadway. So I'm excited for Broadway to like start back up again. Shows everybody's like getting ready to reopen. So it's exciting. It's very exciting. Yeah. The world is slowly and surely coming back. So it feels good. I'm a little cautious. It's bizarre. We've all had a traumatic year and a half, but it feels good. Oh yeah. Well, and I'm curious then with acting because, you know, as everyone knows with film and television, especially like production, it was basically impossible to shoot with everything going on with COVID. Um, how did that impact you and the work you were doing? Cause you were in production for parts of the pandemic. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was hard. The, the, the first part of it was like, we were in the middle of filming our, our second to last season, not knowing that it was our second to last, but yeah, we got shut down an episode early. So when all of that happened, it just was really scary. And obviously nobody knew what this meant. Are we, shutting down and doing this for a week or two, or, um, we just didn't know. Uh, so, so there was that part of it. 
And that was kind of sad. We didn't get to have our final episode of that season and we didn't get to have a wrap party and, and all of that. And then this, and then the next season we were kind of like put on a pause until we could come back. And then when we came back, it was obviously very different and, and very sad because it was our final season and we couldn't hug and we couldn't hang out in each other's dressing rooms and we had to rehearse with masks on and, um, it was just all very bizarre. It was, it was, it was weird, but I mean, obviously we, we bonded even more through that experience, but it wasn't what we wanted. Right. And I know, I mean, last man standing, there were nine seasons of that show. I mean, that's a really long run and, you know, you came on board in the seventh season. So what was sort of the atmosphere with the show ending? I mean, that's a long time um, for everyone involved. Yeah, it was really bittersweet. I mean, it was very, it was very sad for a lot of us. And I found myself, I was crying and it was such a big three-year experience for me. And then I would kind of like, remember that a lot of these people have been a part of it for 10 years because they had a year off before they transferred to Fox. So it was really a 10 year experience for all of them, which is a big chunk of your life and your career. I mean, crew, everyone, everyone was such a family. So the energy was just kind of like, and not to mention we, we weren't allowed to have an audience for that whole season, which is something that we're used to. And we're used to that really, really supportive and exciting energy from people who love this show and love our characters. And, and so it was just kind of this eerie, um, sad feeling throughout it, knowing, knowing that it would be ending and knowing that we couldn't share it with our fans the way that we were used to. So we were just kind of trying to soak up every moment that we had. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it was such a successful show. Like I said, nine seasons, that's like pretty much 10 years, like of everyone working and, you know, to see something come to an end is definitely, you know, bittersweet to say the least. Um, But it's also exciting because that means like new projects on the horizon and all of that. Um, But I'm curious, so to like backtrack a little bit, your career in acting, I was shocked to find out that, you know, both your parents are actors. So I am interested, did you feel like growing up then, I mean, was acting almost in your DNA or did you feel almost like a pressure to sort of fall, fall in line? No. Oh my gosh. The opposite. My parents were like, please don't do this. Um, they, I, I was the baby of the family and my, my siblings definitely liked more behind the scenes kinds of things. And, and I, as a kid wanted to be the center of attention. So I think they knew they were in for it. Um, but yeah, no, there was no pressure whatsoever. In fact, I, I really, as a kid wanted, wanted to be in the industry and I wanted to just sing or act and be on stage or be on TV. And so they kind of threw me in in acting classes. And luckily they knew that. I mean, I know friends who wanted to do it and did do it as kids, but their, their parents uh, didn't know anything about it. So they had to do a lot of research. So luckily my parents, they knew to get me in a class. And I was in a class with a bunch of kids who had their own Disney and Nickelodeon shows and, and they were homeschooled. And I was like, I don't want to be in school. I want my own TV show. And they were like, absolutely not, but you can stay in acting class. And Um, And I mean, looking back, I'm so glad. I'm so, so glad. And I stayed in school all the way through high school. Um, And I didn't get an agent and I didn't professionally start auditioning till I was 15. Um, And even so, it was a really slow start. I mean, that's what they were trying to teach me was like how hard the industry is. And it's not like you can just 
open your eyes and, and have your own TV show. So, uh, but they also, they also were so proud and so excited because we could relate, you know, and they would sit in the front row of any performance and hold mm-hmm. each other's hands and be so proud of me. So, um, yeah, I was just, I was very lucky. Definitely. And I mean, that's, I think that's really great that you sort of waited until, you know, you were in your teen years to really decide, is this the path for, you know, for me? Um, Because I think another Mm -hmm. thing with acting is that, you know, it's, I mean, it's an always changing industry, you know, whether it's roles you're taking or just trends that are going on in the industry, everything's always changing and nothing, I feel like nothing's ever guaranteed in acting. Um, so it's probably the best thing to make sure if, if it's the right thing for you. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot, it's a, it's a lot to go through as a kid. Like I can't, um, I mean, I'm so traumatized as a 30 year old, like what I have to deal with, uh, the unknowns and the inconsistency of, of what I do. So for a kid to have to go through, um, all of that, like emotionally is, is, is really difficult. I think that's why you see a lot of kid actors go through very hard times when they get older because they weren't able to live a normal life. And so power to the kids who like got through it and had wonderful parents that could kind of like make sure that everything was grounded. Um, but I'm, I'm very grateful that I think my parents could have gotten me through it, you know, uh, in a good way, but I'm, I'm grateful for, for how it turned out for sure. Yeah. And I mean, I love, I think you just put up a mm-hmm. video on, you know, your parents sort of helping you audition for roles <laughs> and how chaotic that can sort of be. And um, I guess, do you feel like they sort of helped guide you in terms of maybe which lanes to take, which routes to pursue? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, they helped me a lot in that area. And I've, I've definitely talked about this before because it's so true, but the industry has also changed so much since my parents were auditioning and getting jobs. And so it's been a really like kind of, uh, even give and take, um, when it comes to, uh, just the industry now, you know, it's such a different thing. So, um, I think that, that they did, they, they did give me a lot of advice on which decisions to make, but we also learned it together. You know, uh, my dad hasn't had an agent in my God, like something crazy, like 15 to 20 years because he hasn't needed one. Cause he's been on the same soap opera and my mom hasn't acted in quite some time. So it's just been, it's, it's been a really nice way to get advice from them, just like from the roots of it, um, and how to be kind and gracious to people. And, and not to mention, I'm obsessed with all the stories that they have from their careers. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 definitely been nice to have parents who get it and who get my my love for it. You know, for sure. And I mean, like you said, the industry has changed so much, and just I think with COVID, seeing people you know have to do auditions literally like from their own homes right now. Um, it's really changed. And I'm not sure if you've had to, you know, do the at-home auditions or anything with COVID, but I mean, do you feel, I guess, like, has it been more stressful? Do you think things are going to sort of change after this? Do you think, you know, we'll have more like at-home auditioning in the future? Yeah. I mean, all I can, I can speak from the actor's point of view, which is that it's hard. It's really tough right now to be an actor personally. I, 
Now, other people may have a different experience, but I thrive being in person with people and connecting with people as myself um, before kind of getting into character. And um, I've never thrived from putting things on tape and being at home and obsessing over something. Um, I find it sort of like impersonal. And yet I, I think, and what I'm hearing is that the industry in terms of like casting offices, et cetera, and auditions, they're not going to jump right back into what it was. I think that they like staying at home and being able to focus and like click through auditions as opposed to sitting there for hours and hours in offices and seeing people in person. So I don't know that it's going to change um, anytime soon. Uh, but for the sake of being like fully transparent, I'm having a very, a very hard time with this transition. And I was very lucky to be able to, to work during this time. So now I'm kind of just trying to see what's next and, and it's tough. It's like, it's emotionally very hard. And as actors we're used to, I don't know, not being praised, but any, like some sort of encouragement along the way. So this kind of like silent sending it off into the universe is like, it's, it's a, it's a really big transition that, that we're all making, you know? Right. Well, and I'm sure it probably made it harder to sort of tap into characters um, and really maybe connect with the script. Um, and I think I, it's just really interesting. I think for me as someone, you know, not in this industry to sort of, to sort of see like how that all can, you know, affect the overall picture um, of these productions. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just think it's it, just to relate it to the world in general, we're so, you know, entertainment or not, we're so used to connecting with people and just uh, all of it, like the hugging and having coffees and, and lunch dates and, and meetings and all of those kinds of things. So to kind of rip that away and now we're doing like Zooms and things, which like, thank God for that. But I think that all, all industries and all people just personally, we're all trying to adjust. Yeah, I know. I mean, it'll, I think for so many industries, like you said, it's going to be interesting to see how we sort of recover from this and get back into a groove. But I think it's also really interesting from a creative standpoint to see what all is going to come out of this. I think for both like film and television, I mean, so many television shows have incorporated the pandemic into their plot lines, which is wild. <laughs> it's so wild. I mean, we, we did it a little bit. We did like a little bit of a flashback situation and, and talked about it, but um, yeah, I think, I think half of us are like really interested to see what like our, the, our favorite characters went through during that time. And the other half is like, I don't want to watch any of that. Like I just went through it. I couldn't care less. That's how I felt as like an audience member with all my favorite shows. I was like, mm -hmm. I don't want to watch it. I'm like so traumatized by everything we went through. Like I know how I felt like moving on. So yeah, it's been interesting seeing all the, sh all the shows kind of like navigate that. Yeah, I'm very much the same way. Like I look to, you know, entertainment as sort of that like escapism from the real world. So when the <laughs> it takes that real turn of events and like actually like incorporates the global pandemic that we had into it, okay. I'm just like, this is too much for me. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> 
Well, that's exciting. So are you starting to get back into a groove? I mean, I know LA just opened up everything. Um, I think this week they like fully reopened everything. So do you feel like stuff is really going to start getting back into the swing of things? Yeah, I, I, I felt it. I mean, I, I've only started going to restaurants recently, which is still so bizarre for me. Um, but also my husband and I just bought a house. And so we've been, we moved in about two months ago and we went from an apartment to a home and, and at, to a house. And, and so we've been just enjoying having a backyard. So it's kind of funny where while things are opening up, we're still just like using our backyard because we're happy to have a backyard. Um, but yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I've even noticed, uh, I walk, you know, we walk our dog twice a day. And so when we're walking with her, like a lot of the mat, most of the masks have come down and, um, that's been really nice. Like not only for, you know, I don't know, our hearts and our minds, but also it's nice to smile at people and get a smile back. Every time I've, I, in the last year I've smiled at someone, I've been like, Oh my God, you can't see that I'm smiling. So it just looks like I'm staring. And that's so weird. Um, <laughs> But I definitely, I definitely feel energy is changing. I'm like, I'm so cautious and nervous because it almost feels like in some ways that it never happened, you know? So that's also really bizarre. I'm just like, okay, let's just, let's just, uh, let's be careful. And let's, I, I like, I look on social media and Instagram and things and I'm seeing people in like packed, packed bars. And I'm just like, my anxiety level is still, I'm just like, I'm not there yet. Yeah. No, I mean, I literally went to pick up lunch, um, earlier today and I walked into, I walked into the restaurant to pick it up and I looked around and none of the workers had their masks on and I'm looking around and like nobody, like I was the only person with my mask on and like, sort of like all time just froze. And I like rethought, wait, we did go through a pandemic, but I'm like, wait, like we technically like, you know, we don't have to wear them. So it was sort of just like really it's, I mean, it's going to be a different, it's going to be a different experience for a lot of people getting back out there as we like start up again. I like took a moment when I was putting on my mask, I was like, okay, I guess technically I don't have to do this, but like I'm going to, and I wore my mask. And then as I walked in, I saw a woman like hold her mask and go to an employee being like, do I have to wear this? And he was like, it's up to you. And I was like, whoa, this is crazy. Because like, whereas before someone would be like, I refuse to wear this. And then it would be like a whole thing. So at least it's like every, whatever anyone is comfortable with at this point. Right. And I was going to say, so you actually got married like sort of right before like the start of 2020 and the start of all of this. So you sort of, it like happened at a really good time for you because now I just feel like there's so many weddings happening this summer. My gosh. (laughs) I know all the rescheduled weddings, we have a lot of our best friends had to reschedule or cancel and things changed so drastically. So, I mean, we had such a wonderful wedding in September and uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't change it for the world. Our, our honeymoon, our Europe honeymoon did get canceled, but, um, but I feel like who cares in comparison to people who had to cancel a wedding that's so planned out and so expensive and um, but we did have a magical, magical wedding weekend. So, uh, yeah, we're very lucky. Yeah. I know like so much, I just feel like so many things like the baby showers, the weddings, like all of these things, like I keep seeing so many invites for it. I'm like, whoa, like, but you know, everybody really had to replan and reschedule. So it's the funniest thing, but, um, yeah. And I guess, so then back to acting and like 
everything opening up again. So are you working on any new projects? Is there anything that you can share? I mean, my God, I wish, I wish I had something to tell you. I'm just trying to figure out what's next. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be creative. I'm trying to, I'm reading a lot. I mean, who knows? I, I, at this point, you know, with, with so much out of my control in terms of the industry, it might be nice to try and develop something. So I'm just keeping my eyes and ears open and, and trying to be positive, but, um, I don't have anything set in stone. So, I mean, your guess is as good as mine. So let's, let's hope that something happens soon, but I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to be able to, to go to New York and be there with John, you know, while he gets back on Broadway and, um, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Well, I think creating new projects is something that I keep hearing a lot of people are doing. And I mean, I fully encourage it. I think there's so many great ideas. Like everybody's, everybody is so much smarter and so much more creative than I think they like, you know, give themselves the credit for. And I just think so much for me personally, I feel like the past year, you know, we've been at home watching so much on TV. Mm -hmm. Um, There's been so many good stories that are being told. And yeah. so when I hear people say like, oh, they have like an inkling to maybe create something, maybe produce, maybe direct. I'm like, do it. <laughs> Why not? I mean, honestly, like I said, it's, it's such a wild, unpredictable uh, industry. So to be able to just kind of go, okay, well, hold on a second. I'm, I'm, I'm an artist. I'm a creative. Like, why can't I sit down and just like try and throw a couple ideas out. I mean, who knows what's the worst that could happen? It doesn't happen, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm just trying to get that, that ball rolling just for the sake of feeling creative and not just sitting around waiting for something to happen. Um, and I think it's really helping my soul a little bit. So yeah, Mm -hmm. it'd be really fun. It would be fun to like create something and have that happen. There's a lot of steps there that I don't know about. So well, and I'm, I, I was going to say, would that be like maybe a big misconception that you think occurs with acting and, you know, just any sort of role on set is that, you know, the opportunities just are always popping up, but it's really like you have to go after them to some extent. Like you can't just really sit, I guess is my question. You can't just really sit and like, you know, wait for the phone to ring. Um, yeah. Do you feel like, you know, you have to put in the work? I mean, in my experience, yeah. Look, I, I, I've seen people get things handed to them and get really lucky, but you can't, uh, A, you can't compare yourself to anyone. Everyone's path is different. And B, like, why, why feel like you can be that spoiled when you can make things happen? You know, it's about being, uh, proactive and motivated. And, and, um, I will say like being an actor and a creative, like you do, you have to make things happen. And a lot of people I've seen a lot of sadly friends of mine or just people in general, they've, they've quit because they don't, they, um, they don't love it enough to do the work and that's okay too. If you don't love it, I mean, you got to figure that out. You know, my mom quit acting, um, when she fell in love with being a mom and she realized that the difficulties of acting and the constant rejection, just like it wasn't worth it for her, you know? And she always says to me, I don't know how you do it, but you love it more than I ever did. And I think that that's so important. You know, if it's making you unhappy and you aren't motivated to do the work and granted, look, I have days where I have months where I don't want to do anything. And I've gone through times where I do want to just wait for something to fall into my lap. But 
the truth is it's, it's hard out there. It's like, it's not an easy industry. And so if you want to make things happen, you got to make them happen. And um, yeah. So why not, why not make it, why not make them happen? Right. Well, I think that can kind of be a pitfall too, right? I mean, if you're just constantly going through the motions saying yes to whatever comes your way, I mean, I can assume like one would only maybe lose sight of what it is they're doing, you know, in this profession to begin with. If you're just getting to a point where you're just taking on roles that don't really, you know, mean anything of value or importance to you. Um, so do you think, I guess, then with characters you've played in the past, do you try with any sort of part, no matter how little or how large, like, do you try and find some sort of, you know, similarity or something you can really relate to within a character? Yeah. I mean, look, I think, I think early, early, early on in, in my career, when I was auditioning for things and just trying to get work, it was, it was hard for me to be picky because I just wanted to book things and I just wanted to work. Um, not to say that there's anything that I regret, but, but now lucky for me, I can look at things that come in and go, I, I don't relate to this or, um, yeah, this isn't something that I want to do because I can't, it doesn't feel special to me and I can't connect to it, which is like, I think very important, but you also have to be, uh, in a position enough and be lucky enough where you can make those decisions. So Um, yeah, definitely. I find myself being a little more, um, picky, not that I'm turning down work left and right. I'm, I'm really, I would really love to work on something different, but of course I have my things that I, uh, that I would prefer and like my dream, my dream things about what's next, um, to kind of strategize, but you know, not, not everybody's that lucky. You know, I have friends I have friends who have worked since they were kids and who have millions of followers. I have friends who haven't had any work and they're still trying. And I mean, it's hard for everyone. Like no matter where you are as an actor um, on either end of the spectrum, like we're all just trying to figure it out and it's never perfect. And um, you know, so yeah, it's, it's important to kind of like pick your trajectory if you can, if you're lucky enough to have that. Um, but it's a tough, it's a tough challenge for sure. Yeah. I'm sure it's probably hard to find a lane when you also, you know, I, I guess, like you said, it's hard on, hard on both paths because it's not just like, oh, you know, I can select, you know, what parts I like for myself and what parts I don't, um, you know, there's another end to that. And it's, if you're the right fit for, you know, a role or for a production. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, on, I, and then there's like the whole world that like, we don't even know, which is so difficult. I don't know what goes on on the other side. I don't know much about the casting world. I don't know what they, what matters to them and how they're fitting, how they're trying to fit in what characters to their story and, and how that matters and how tall or short you are or what ethnicity you are or what age you are, or you're just your energy in general. So it's, it's, there's a lot that goes into it. And um, so that's, yeah, it's, it's a lot. And, and uh, all we can do is like, is really just be ourselves and, and do the work and, and see what, what works, <laughs> what, what matters to us, but also what matters to, to them over there. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why it's funny. I don't know if you watched the friends, um, little like reunion that they did on HBO. I mean, who didn't, <laughs> but I think that was like one of the 
I mean, everybody always has something to complain about. Right. And one of the complaints I saw was that, you know, there's too much on like the background of the show. Like we want to see the actors talk. And, but I thought it was really interesting to hear about the casting of the show and like how they picked each person, because as they explained it, it like, it's crazy how, you know, how many people you see for one character, one part, um, how many people, like how many resumes, CVs they go through and you finally find that right one. But I just thought it's so interesting to think like, you know, it's not just like the person's right in front of them and they select it. Like they really have to go through this whole process and it takes a while too. Yeah. Oh God. I mean, I, I can't imagine, I, I know how hard that work is for the, for casting. I mean, I don't know, but I, I, uh, I see that and I appreciate it. And it's, uh, it's, it's crazy also to just like their job is to read a script and go, okay, who's right for all these characters. When you think about something like friends, it's such an ensemble show and you can't have to look at all these people. And even if someone, this person seems like so right for this role. Okay. But like, do they match? Do they all match together? And that's just like, that blows my mind. I don't know how I would do that. And I'd be like, oh, but I like that person. Like I could be friends with them. <laughs> I just think that that would be such a hard thing to do. So like, yeah, power to them. I, I, I don't think that they get enough credit. Right. Well, and that's the thing with Last Man Standing too, which is very similar. Cause I mean, friends, you have a group of friends, but Last Man Standing, it's a family unit and you know, you mm. can't just pick like truly all different people to be in a family. Like they have to have some sort of commonality between them. Um, and with casting, I mean, I feel like everyone was so perfectly cast for the show was the same sort of, I guess, off screen? Um, did, like, was everybody really sort of like all like, you know, shared these commonalities and like all sort of that family unit at the end of the day? Yeah, totally. I mean, look, I, I think what was so special about our show was that um, it was a family and yet everybody, every character had a different view on, on life and politics. And I think that that's really important for people who didn't watch the show. They thought that, that our show was, um, was about politics and then it was, which it like totally wasn't, it was a family show and the character Mike Baxter happened to have his own very specific views, but all of us kind of had different ones and we would argue about them as the characters and stuff. And in person, it was the same way. Like we, and that's what a family is. So, um, you know, and granted I came in there later. So everybody was already such a family and everybody knew each other's personalities and they knew how to talk to each other. And so, um, coming into that, I was definitely kind of nervous uh, about that. But then I, I felt like part of the family immediately, you're spending so much time with people and, you know, you become a family very quickly. So, um, and, and that audition process was so, I mean, so long and so wild for me. And, um, and now I know why, because it was so important for them to, to make the right match. I was coming into something that already was established and, and they were like, are we going to get a girl who's very similar or are we going to go totally different? And I know that the network was having a really big problem with how different I looked and, and, and this different take on the character. And, um, which is why I kind of had to like go through so many hoops with, you know, chemistry reads and, and taking notes and, and, even like a question mark of like, would she even dye her hair? Which was such a funny, like <laughs> very, very quick moment in time. And I was like, yeah, I'll do anything for a part. But like, what's also funny is that 
Vanessa, Nancy Travis, who plays Vanessa, my mom, she's blonde. And like, so, but they were so used to a dark colored hair, a girl playing the part that it was just hard for them to process. So yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's a, it's a massive deal having to, to match everybody and have it make sense. But I think aside from looks, it's important that everybody vibes and, and blends in and, you know, fan, fans weren't all that forgiving at first. I think, I think most of them came around by the end, but, um, but I get it. I also totally get it. It's weird. It's weird to have someone new come in. Well, that's the thing with TV shows. Like I don't really realize it. I mean, like I have, believe me, I have shows that I love and adore, but I don't really realize how passionate people can be until you go on social media, until you see like the Twitter chat, the hashtags, it's unbelievable. And I guess, so, you know, you sort of touched upon that when you're literally stepping into somebody else's shoes and filling a role, um, especially, you know, after a show was on the ground for so long, um, did you feel like intimidated? Was it scary? Yes. (laughs) Um, I mean, in terms of the internet, yeah, I knew, you know, because all, I, I think I said this earlier, but all you want are just some words of encouragement and the fans were so excited to have it back, but to have it come back with a couple of changes, um, wasn't what they wanted. And so, the internet just scared me so much. And I had, I mean, Amanda Fuller, who plays my older sister on the show, who's, who's one of my dear friends now, she actually technically second season, she came in and replaced someone as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, and people still are writing in about it. Like, and she's been, she did it for, you know, eight years, nine years, you know? So it's just, yeah. it's like, it's like, you can't make any, you can't make everyone happy. And, um, I, I, yeah, I for sure had my moments. I, I, it was my first experience with that, um, just constant negativity. And I'll tell you, like, I would get on and scroll and read all the bad stuff. And I, I I don't remember who it was that, that said something about this, but what's so funny is your brain goes to the negative. So like I scrolled through all the good stuff. I didn't even care who was saying I actually like her or she made me laugh or whatever. I would scroll through all the good and then land on a bad one and be like, well, that sucks. And I get really down on myself, um, which is just an example of, of how dangerous the internet is. And I, I would like to say that I took breaks, but I didn't. Um, but I do think that I, I, uh, I got a little, um, I don't know, braver when it came to, I wouldn't like talk back to people much. I, I had my few interactions, which I, I look back and I'm like, I didn't need to say something, but I think what frustrated me the most was, was looking at people who like came to me to tell me like, it's one thing if they're writing on the last man standing page to say, I don't like her or whatever they want to say, like, say whatever you want to say. But when they would come to my personal page and sometimes I would be like, Hey, thanks for like taking the effort to come to my page to try and make me feel bad. Um, yeah. Which is a whole layer of social media that I don't, that I don't approve of, but there's a lot of people in this world and you can't control what they're going to say. So there came a point where I was like, no, you know what? I'm not going to make everyone happy. And I love being here and this is my family now. And, and, um, and it doesn't scare me so much, but it'll, it'll, it'll always be there. Mm-hmm. And people also have like an alarming amount of time on their hands. I've- I, 
I think that's what I figured out. I was like, how are you just sitting at your computer? Yeah. And the answer is yes. They sit at their computer all day. And they, I would sometimes, if I had the time, I'd click on their profile and I'd see like tweets and they would literally just be like trolling any celebrity, any actor and being like, you suck. And I'm like, what do you, okay, now I feel better about myself. This is your problem, (laughs) not mine. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the thing, right? I mean, working is working for anyone is tough, but when you're literally working also for an audience, I feel like it makes it that much tougher. Um, because you know, everything there's always criticism from someone, you know, like there's always going to be one like hater to complain out there in the world. Yeah. And I'm a people pleaser. So it was a, it was a big thing for me to realize that I can't make everyone happy and that's just the way it is. So that's life. Yeah. I know. I mean, like, I think that's sort of the best way to look at it is that, yeah, I mean, everybody's going to complain. So, I mean, sure. Take in the criticism, if you will, fine. But then like, just throw it out at the end of the day, because it's not worth your time and energy to fret over it. So yeah, totally ignore it. (laughs) it for sure. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, social media, it's great. It's great for so many things. Um, but it's also like super harmful in so many ways. So like, even with that, I say like, yeah, use it, go on it. But if it starts to give you that anxiety, like immediately close out. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm seeing so many people, I mean, take breaks, which I think is such an important thing. We've become so obsessed with it. And it's so important to put your phone down when you go to dinner and, and maybe not document everything that you do. And, um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's definitely interesting. We've, we went to a restaurant and we saw that there was a whole table of kids and each, each one of them had some sort of device in their hands. There was not one noise. You look at that and it just kind of makes you sad. Like I'm not a parent yet, but, um, I'm not, I can't say that I'm not going to throw a device in front of my kid at a restaurant so that they're not screaming, but I don't know. It's just like, it's a very, very strange world to see kids on the internet. I mean, and and look, there's a lot of good on, on the internet too. There's a lot of stuff that's really inspiring. And like, I love that we're, we're doing a podcast right now. I love what you're doing. And I think that that's really important too. I just hope that we all focus on the good that's on there. Um, but cause there, there is, there's a lot of good. There is a lot of good. I completely agree. And I think um, it's amazing to see like young kids and what they're able to do and what they're probably going to be able to do in the future on the internet. But it's also like limited a little bit, like eye to eye contact is what we love at the end of the day. So, um, cause I see it all the time too. I mean, heck, like I even have friends that I go out with and it's just like, everything needs to be online. And you know, the dinner we're having, it needs to go online. And like, that's all fun and games when you want it to be. But at the end of the day, like, especially after the year we just had like meaningful conversation and just, you know, full like tech technology free zones are, you know, what's good. It's so important. It's so important to put your phone down and just take a moment. We don't need to document all of it. I mean, I've done it. I do it sometimes, but it's like, and I do it a lot. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's just funny. And my husband doesn't do it as much as I do. So I learned from him. And um, I think, I think the cool thing to do is like, to just kind of put your phone away and experience life. And um, I'm not an influencer. So that's a whole different world. And I know that people work hard for that life too. So 
if you're doing that and that's how you make money, that's one thing. But um, also I've, I've, I've seen a lot of friends or, or read a lot of things where, um, you know, people aren't doing well or they're going through a hard time and yet their Instagram just says something totally different. So it's like, what's the point? I mean, look, I, I also, you also don't need to put all your emotional things on the internet, but um, you know, your life can stay private, but you can't obsess over life online and obsess over like trying to make people think that everything is perfect. Um, which is, which is like a whole other thing that I find kind of icky to see. Um, and I go back and forth with that. I, I, I love honesty and I love seeing people kind of say things that they're going through just for the sake of, of making sure that people don't feel alone and, and things that they can relate to and talk to, uh, everyone about, but but yeah, it's, you don't, you don't really know how someone's life is. Um, and we're all kind of choosing like what we want people to think that it is. Right. Well, especially with entertainment too, because I think for so many, it can seem like such a glossy, glamorous, you know, lifestyle for everyone involved. But I love when I see people being like authentic online and sharing stuff they're going through and not that they have to do it, but it's great that they do because it shows that there's, you know, more to the story and there's more, you know, than what you see, like on a magazine or on TV or wherever it may be. Yeah. It's brave. It's very, very brave. Um, but I also respect people who, who put emojis over their kids' faces because they want to protect them and they're not old enough to to, to say, yeah, mom, dad, you can put pictures of me on the internet. So, I mean, whatever, whatever anybody wants, like don't feel pressured to put everything on there and, and don't feel pressured to not like whatever makes you comfortable. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. <laughs> well, and to be super ironic, um, where can people follow along with you and keep up with all that you're doing? I mean, just my Instagram and Twitter, my, I mean, it's the same at Molly J McCook. Um, yeah, I put everything on there. I try and keep everyone updated. Um, but that's it. I don't have any other of the fun. I don't have a TikTok. I'm so sorry. I haven't, um, <laughs> my millennial brain, I haven't figured it out yet. Um, I, I figure I see a lot of TikTok on Instagram so I can, I can see the cool, the cool trends on there. That's how I justify it too. <laughs> I'm like, I, I know if I get it too. I yeah, know right. I'm like, do it. I really need it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think there was like, there was one trend that I was, I mean, into it, not even a trend, but I like the, I like the videos I can scroll through that are like things that you can find on Amazon, like little funny things. And I totally went for it. I like went on Amazon and I got like this little itty bitty, um, it, it, you can like, it, there's a magnet on it, so you can put it on your fridge, but it, it reseals, it melts and reseals all your chip bags. And, and I, I fell for it. That's not the only thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Like what I discover on there, all the little like recipe hacks, everything. I'm just like, how, like, again, like people are so creative. Like when you give them the time to be, it's fantastic. <laughs> it's it. Hey, power to them. That's not me, but it- yeah. Well, Molly, this was so great. Um, and you know, before we wrap, I always like to ask with this being handling it, um, has there been a piece of advice or a lesson that you've learned throughout your career that's really helped you handle your life? Hmm. I mean, yes, there's tons, 
tons of advice that I've gotten that I'm, I'm grateful for. I mean, my, yeah, my parents, industry or not, just always taught me to be gracious and kind. Um, you know, we've all heard this, but like, you don't know what people are going through. Um, I like smiling at people, uh, even if they seem like they're not happy. Um, you can't judge people just by how they look or how they're acting. Everybody, everybody is a struggle in their life. And so I could never relate to people who were unkind um, and, and not gracious for, for things that they've gone through. And I've really used that in my career. And I find that I've heard so many horror stories about people who just are mean and, um, and I'll never understand that. So, um, and in terms of getting through life, I think just be authentically you, um, this world and everything that we've gone through and the internet and all of this stuff. I think that there's a lot of room, um, for there's a lot of acceptance out there and a lot of people that can relate to you and and that you're not alone so um be you like life is short so try to be free and be you whatever that means to you i think that's important oh for sure i think with any you know any profession you got to I think there's such a misconception to like, oh, like, you know, we're taught from a young age, unfortunately, like, oh, like, you know, do what makes you the most money. But I think we really need to change the, you know, change the conversation and make it like do what makes you happy. Um, because you can make money doing what makes yeah. you happy. Um, you know, any profession, if you really look for it and you really like, you know, don't settle and just keep going after it, you'll like find that spot where you know you're supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Just keep looking for it. It's a life is a, it's a tough, uh, it's a tough challenge, but we're literally all doing it. So you're not alone. Mm -hmm. Oh no, not at all. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Molly, thank you so much. This was such a great conversation. I love like hearing, you know, all the, all, all the stuff you've done and just your advice on acting and, you know, projects you've worked on, but then it's also super exciting to see where you're going to go and what all else you're going to do. Well, thanks so much. This was so nice to talk to you just about life in general and the ups and downs. So I really appreciate it. Thank you. Well, I hope you all enjoyed hearing from Molly and learning more about her career. Her social media handles are in the episode description below if you want to follow her page and follow along with her future projects. Thank you to Molly so much for coming on and thank you listeners so much for tuning in. As always, let me know what you thought of our episode. You can reach us on Instagram at Handling It Podcast and feel free to send us a message and let us hear your thoughts and suggestions. I'll see you next week with a brand new episode, but until then, keep staying safe with everything going on in the world right now and keep handling it. I'll talk to you soon.